Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. You accommodate me, I accommodate you. Seems simple enough. But these days, we're facing elements in our culture that make a much deeper demand. These voices are saying, you must accommodate me, even if in so doing, you have to bend or even suspend your religious views. Oh, and my demands aren't religious, they're secular. What's a Christian to do? Let's ask Michael Peabody, a Los Angeles-based attorney who specializes in workplace accommodation and discrimination cases. Michael, what is happening in our world? Well, in the past, religious accommodation had to do with whether or not you could wear a certain religious clothing in the workplace or could observe a holy day or something like that. Right. Uh-huh. These days, however, workplace accommodation involves conflicts in faith where your religious beliefs may come up against a civil right of somebody else. Hmm. And the challenge is how to protect the religious rights and the civil rights at the same time. It's a very tight balance. It's a hard balance to achieve. And the courts are still trying to sort through it. But ultimately, we're going to have to figure out how people are going to be able to continue to live together and support as many rights as possible. You know, as I think about this whole accommodation idea, I, I look at my own church, and I grew up as a missionary, and I have been involved with the church. I don't remember our church ever going in and making demands of anybody. I remember a lot of people coming in and making demands of our church, but we never said, you know, hey, you must go to church on Saturday, the Sabbath. You must believe that when you die, you sleep in the ground waiting for Jesus to come. You must believe that there is a three-person Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yet, turn that around, and that's exactly what the other side is doing to us. They're saying, you must suspend your beliefs to accommodate me. That doesn't seem fair to me, Michael. Well, it's a real challenge. What's happening is, the accommodations that are being sought may run diametrically to the religious beliefs of a yes. person of faith. Yes. And ultimately, what's happening is religion is taking a second-tier status to sexual rights that have been emerging in the last few decades. Mm-hmm. And religious people are being asked to bend over to backwards to accommodate other people, whereas the other people do not have to try to accommodate the religious people. And it's created a real conflict that's going on across the country. You have a case like in Oregon where the owners of a bakery were fined $135,000 because they refused on religious grounds to provide a cake for a same-sex wedding. And in Kentucky, there's a T-shirt printer called Hands-On Originals that was fined for refusing to print shirts for a gay pride festival. And the T-shirt printer was a religious company. They did religious T-shirts for different religious organizations. And now they're suddenly asked to provide shirts for a gay pride festival. So there are a lot of these types of issues going on, and there's a lot of challenges because business owners are, in many cases, saying we'd rather go out of business than have to deal with this. As we navigate these waters, how do you recognize the Supreme Court's recognition of same-sex marriage, and how can those people be accommodated while people of faith can also be accommodated. It's a real challenge trying to bridge that gap and to achieve a balance so people can live together. 
having a right doesn't necessarily mean that you morally agree with it, but it's just a legal reality that needs to be dealt with. Now, this kind of thing just gets to me here. Let's go back to the T-shirt thing for a minute here. Did the gay pride people, and they sure have organizers, and these are probably very intelligent, smart people, did they look in the phone book and say, let's find somebody that has a religious base for their business, and let's go ask that person for our T-shirts, because that person is going to probably refuse, and then we can sue the pants off of them. Did they do that? You know, I, I can't speak to that issue. I, I wasn't there when they decided <laughs> to do it. But, but they had to make that decision. They had to choose who they're going to go talk to about making T-shirts for their gay pride get-together. Well, in most cases, the owners of the company said, look, you know, we have other people you can go to down the street, and they'd be happy to provide what you want. Rather than accept that, the organization decided to sue the T-shirt printer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a Christian, I'm trying to love everybody. I'm trying to love gay people and straight people and crooked people, and I'm trying to love everybody, you know? And when this kind of thing happens, it kind of makes me feel a little animosity toward a community who really have done nothing to me, but they are trying to make a point by costing people jobs, by costing people their businesses, by costing people their peace of mind. What kind of enemy are we dealing with here? Well, I think in a lot of ways, these are people who've been you know, treated as less than equal That's in a true. lot of ways. That's and true. That's true. It's a lot true. of yeah. harassment and, and different things. And now, finally, yeah. they're at the place where they can start making these types of legal steps. And so they're doing so. So they're, they're taking revenge out on the world because, and understandably, I understand that they have been put upon, they have been uh, ostracized, they have been marginalized, uh, they have been made fun of by churches, by spiritual people, which I put the blame for that directly on us. We should not have done that. We should never do that. We should not be doing that now or in the future. But there's got to come a point where both sides say, look, what we're doing is not going to be good for the church, and it's not going to be good for the gay and lesbian community. Let's simply stop. If I want something, if I want T-shirts for my gay pride get-together, I want to go to a place that's not going to cause waves. Why can't we do that? Well, in a lot of ways, I think most people would have chosen a different shop. Yeah. And they're not going to try to go out there and, and create these types of situations. It's an activist type of approach to it. Religious organizations that have responded, and some religious people have gone to gay-owned facilities, gay-owned cake shops, and demanded cakes that would be offensive to those people. And there's always the firms that will do that type of thing. I think in the, the mainstream, most people don't want to be involved in litigation at any stage, and they'd rather avoid it. But it is something that's going on at this time. And I think it's ultimately we're going to see a lot more of this type of litigation happening. And the question is, how are we going to create a situation where this type of issue is resolved peacefully between the parties rather than going to litigation all the time. What types of legislative approaches or informal approaches can be taken to try to avoid these types of legal conflicts? Because ultimately, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm involved in a lot of litigation, and by the end of the day, most people wish that they had not been involved in, in litigation. Really? really? Um, sometimes they're forced into it, they need to assert rights, they need the financial stability or whatever. But it's a very difficult path to take, and most people would rather avoid it. Most people would rather simply have their business or be able to have their cake and not be involved in that type of uh, process. Because I don't find myself walking into a shop here in my hometown of Berkeley Springs, and before I buy anything, ask the proprietor, are you gay? Are you gay? Because if you're gay, I'm not buying here. I don't do that. I'm a straight person who doesn't do that. I don't ask. And if they are gay and I buy it from them, well... 
it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt them. I don't understand this whole idea of trying to make a point. And you've opened the door a little bit to my thinking here about, you know, that these people, a lot of these people have been put upon in the past and they are seeking, I guess, the best word I can use is revenge. Would I be on the right track in saying that? In some ways, dealing with certain people, you do have that situation. But these kind of cases really are pretty few and far between. Okay. There's not a lot of these things going on. I haven't heard of any cases where shopkeepers have flat out discriminated against people based on their sexual orientation. Okay. Um, that's kind of this underlying fear that people would do that if they had the opportunity to, if the Religious Freedom Restoration Acts were passed in different states. But I don't really see that happening. I do see a lot of these types of high-profile cases with large fines being levied in an effort to pretty much scare any potential stragglers in the line. But I would really like to see both sides sit down, take a breather, and figure out what's going on. And I've been promoting an alternative dispute resolution process that would hmm. bring the parties together and hopefully at least lay a groundwork for some dialogue so that these issues can be avoided. Because what happens when you have litigation is you end up with legislation yes. to try to correct whatever the losing party thinks happened. And then you end up with more litigation over the legislation. And it goes on forever and ever, and it's a constant sense of instability. And I think what needs to happen in these cases is we need to inject a lot of stability at this stage. And one of those things would be to bring the parties together and try to have each side understand the motivations of the other and have dialogue between the sides so each side could present their viewpoint fully without being judged and then develop a list of practical, not ideological, but practical mm -hmm. issues that need to be addressed cooperatively. For instance... You could have a timeline for addressing what would you would do in a wedding cake case. Yes. What are the steps to take forward at each step of the way? What can be done to try to accommodate the interests of the other? And figure out what both sides agree on and stipulate to them. And if there are disagreements, exclude them from the dispute and try to address them separately. And focus on any practical areas where you cannot meet the accommodation as specifically as possible so that you can have specific practical alternatives and solutions. In other words, try to isolate what you disagree with the other person on rather than simply disagreeing with everything about them. And then work to resolve the issues or develop alternate accommodations and try to make the accommodations as narrow as possible so that they're workable and they will apply in certain situations. So in other words, when you see a potential issue coming up that hasn't yet arisen in litigation, mm -hmm. get together with the other side that may be involved and try to walk through a solution. So in other words, if I see that there is something going on, before a lawsuit's filed, get together with the parties and try to resolve the issue and try to develop a framework for addressing it. Wait a minute, wasn't that exactly what was done? Because here's the cake guy saying, they had this meeting between the two sides across the counter. And the, the gay person said, I want a cake. And the, and the cake maker says, no, I can't make a cake for you. There's the issue. And then the, the cake maker says, but you know, Frank down the road here or Betty across the street will be happy to make a cake for you. And then the gay person says, okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. Problem solved. Why in the world do we have to go to court on this thing? By the time they were there, both sides are so hyped up, they're ready to go to war. And I'm saying, look, if you have the organization that may file the suit, 
Those people get together and they reach out to the gay community ahead of time and they say, hey, we could have this problem arising in the near future. What are we going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, and yeah, they'll yeah. say, what are you talking to us about it now? It hasn't come up yet. And they say, look, it may come up. What are we going to do? Interesting. Yeah, summits between these advocacy groups to try to resolve the issue because you got to talk to people. you got to live with people. We're not in a country where you can build a wall off and separate yourself from anybody you disagree with. I'm of the mind and the philosophy that if you can preemptively discuss an issue before it gets to an argument, you're better off in a lot of cases. And you need a lot of cool, level-headed thinking to be able to pull this thing off ahead of time, but it would really solve a lot of problems in the future. Wise words from Michael Peabody. He is a Los Angeles-based attorney who specializes in workplace accommodation and discrimination cases. He has a website, www.religiousliberty.tv. And also our website for the magazine, libertymagazine.org. Either place can give you lots of information and resources to help you make these decisions. I like that idea of that pre-trial, that uh, getting together as a community and resolving these things before that face-to-face confrontation where it can so easily get out of control. Very good idea, Michael Peabody. Listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Michael Peabody inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.